Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Well, today we begin a new series. So if you're a visitor or guest today, you're just right on time. Uh, of course, all the services, we kind of make sure that they, you don't have to be here before. They don't. But uh, we start a new series called Questions That Need Answering. Now, this morning I'm going to be taking questions and I'm going to answer every question. No, no. Don't even go there. Don't even think that. Uh, I'm not going to answer your questions today just at random. But uh, I've already pre-picked one uh, this week, and for the next several weeks we'll have different questions. But I think there are questions that really come down to the very core of uh, our existence. Why are we here? Who are we? What are we doing? How can we have purpose? And how do we deal? And in the third or fourth week we'll be going into things like how to deal with uh, forgiveness, dealing with depression or uh, frustration or heart hurt in your life or why your prayers aren't answered or why, why do uh, people, uh, as Christians, we have these challenges. So these will be some questions that we'll be answering. And today is, who do you think you are? Well, some of you may be thinking of the TV show. Uh, my daughter Alexis over here and I watch uh, Who Do You Think You Are all the time and uh, when it's in season. But uh, it's a genealogy show. Uh, Ancestry.com kind of supports it, but they take actors and politicians and famous people and they bring them on and then they work back through their genealogy. I'm not going to work through your genealogy today, okay. All right. Not going to do that. So I'm not going to answer any of your questions and I'm not going to go through genealogy. So why am I here? Okay, but uh, with the question that we want to deal with is you'll see at the bottom, it kind of gives it away, finding our identity in Christ. The world screams at us, puts it on the computer, prints, ad, advertisement, family, friends, people all around us are all trying to tell us who we need to be. And we will become um, a multi-personality if we try to deal with what all the things are saying. We need to find a purpose. So obviously we're going to be talking about identity of Christ uh, what God thinks about us, that's the core this morning. But I want to start with this verse here, it just kind of lays the foundation. Uh, it's a verse that uh, actually this same slide I used about two years ago in a series that we were talking about being transformed. And I said, man, it fits perfectly right here. But Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are His, talking about God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand in order that we would walk in them. Amen? Now, that verse, like there's a couple of verses in the Bible that just stand on its own. Remember we, when I, the last series I did, Micah 6, 8, you know, he has shown you, oh man, what is good, what does the Lord require of you, but to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with you, God. If we would just do that verse, and if we really understood this verse, it would make a major difference in our lives, and our witness, and just the world in itself. We are his masterpiece, his chief handiwork. What that means is, God is saying, 
that you are more valuable to him and he esteems you more than all the stars and the planets in the universe, as lovely as they are. All the mountains, and I love the mountains and lakes and all the beautiful rolling valleys, all the gold, the silver, the diamonds, the emeralds, the jewels, all those things that the world says is the best, God says you are the best. We need to get that in our mind. I, this morning, I'm not asking it for us to become all self-centered and thinking where the world revolves around us. Because, by the way, it doesn't. I hate to break your, break your heart there. But the world doesn't revolve around you. But you do, God does, have you as his central core focus. So who needs the world when you got God? Amen? So if we get that focus, what I'm talking about here today is, because, you know, we're kind of coming off of this series called Undivided where we looked at racial reconciliation, we looked at political, economic, and that we need to respect and love everybody equally, male or female, black or white, or whatever else it may be. That in Christ we are one. So this comes, all this kind of ties in together. This is actually kind of flowing out of that series because if we understand who we are, who you are, not what the world says, but what God says, then it's going to change the way we think and act with God. It's going to change the the way we feel about ourselves and how we respond to one another. Because if I think Ross is God's masterpiece, which he is, then that's going to cause me to want to treat him with respect and love and honor. Because I'm loved, I'm honored and respected by God, and I don't need, as much as I like your admiration, and you're a great sermon, Pastor. I love that, so keep it up. Okay, I like it. But if I'm depending upon you to lift me up, you know, some Sundays I don't get so much lifting up, okay? It would be kind of, it's kind of up and down. But if you're waiting on the world, let me get personal. If you're waiting on your spouse, your child, your friend, your, your boss to give you value, you're going to be let down. But you see, God always, 100% of the time, thinks you're the best thing that's ever existed. He loves you. So if you are loved and you're confident, somebody comes up to you and biting you out and chewing you out, it's not comfortable. But you know, that's not important. Just let it, like I used to say, water off a duck's back. Let it go. Let it go. If you're secure in Christ, if you focus on that, because it's not what the world says, it's what God, well, it's what you say, God. That's what I want to do. If you just cut down the lights, we've got a little video. Uh, I, I, most of you, if you listen to Christian radio station, you've heard this song because it's sort of the number one hit right now. And it happens to be a Grammy-winning Christian artist who's from Lafayette. Lauren Daigle was a, uh, a music uh, worship leader in North Lafayette, and she's now one of the top Christian artists around the world. Very... Simple, clear, but a message is powerful. And if you've listened to radio lately, she's actually been telling the background of that story, how she has kind of gone through some challenges. And because she's on top of the world musically, but you know everybody's trying to tell you who you should be, what you should sing, where you should do this, and 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 it, it's it's easy to get allow the world and others to start showing who you are. 
But she comes down and says, God, it's what you say about me. I believe. That's what it comes down to is, do you truly believe what God says about you? Which secondarily means that that's what he thinks about you and them and that person who irritates you or that person who scares you or threatens you, not like you, they're the masterpiece too. And if we're going to show respect and love to God, then we've got to not only show respect for ourselves, but for others. Our identity is found in Christ. And it begins with believing, first of all, in Christ. You will never find your true identity outside of Christ. Now, you can listen to the world, and you can kind of make up your own thing, which you're welcome to do that. But that's not going to bring you the full success and happiness and sense of confidence of being who you are, where you need to be, and what you're doing. That's what comes from knowing Christ and being part of that. It's important for us to remind us, and let me give you a couple more verses like the first one of, about the masterpiece, but what God says about it. Je- Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses, I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. God says, I know the thoughts that I think and the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God thinks about us greatly and loves us, but it We must keep it in the right context, which this verse in Corinthians kind of reinforces what I'm talking about this morning. Therefore, if anyone, that means you, anyone, is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I know it sounds like a trite religious expression, to say, you know, be more like Jesus. Or remember two weeks ago my message was, let others see Jesus in you, the old hymn that is still relevant today. Well, we need to understand that what we believe about what God says matters to us. Because you see, identity precedes and affects your behaviors, your attitudes, your emotions, your values. As that last sentence you'll see, it is vital that we have the proper understanding of who we are. What we think about ourselves will influence what we say and what we do. Remember the last series, before last, is firm foundation, and we talked about the importance of these firm found, doctrinal foundation of beliefs that, are unsh- that should be unshakable based upon God's Word and the example of Christ. These are things that no matter what the world says or no matter what happens to us, we're on firm foundation. Well, if we understand those things, it's going to make a difference and help us to be that reflection that we need to be. Because you see, understanding our identity in Christ is the building block of an authentic and genuine faith. Remember, we've been talking about that for months now. It allows us to fulfill our goal of letting others see Jesus in us. That's what we need to be. But you, the world cannot see Jesus in you if Jesus is not in you. And if he's not in control of you. Now, we're not talking about you becoming a mindless automaton puppet. But we need to just let it go. We just need to let our, put our arms down and say, God, 
I cannot fix myself. I can't fix you. I can't fix the world. But I can trust. And I can let your word live in me. Because if you are truly understanding what God says, that's why it's so important. I tell you every Sunday, read your Bible every day. Pray and meditate on it. Come to Sunday school. Come to small groups. Study God's word. Know it. Because it's God's word with the power of the Holy Spirit in us that brings it to life, energy, power, that can help you to say no to the things you need to say no to and yes to the things you need to say yes to. So the question comes back, who do you think you are? Well, obviously not what the world says of you. Because some of you here, you may still hear a little voice in the back of your mind, a parent or a teacher or, or some, somebody else that you just knew that would say, you know, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not athletic enough. You, you're not bold enough. You should do this. You should do that. You know, pressing you to do things to, to show that who you should be is through your money or through your sexuality or things of this nature. The world tells us things that we shouldn't know, but we need to know what Jesus says and counteract what the world says. Because the world says that we are sinners, but God says we are Christians. The world says we're lost, but we are called found. Instead of being an enemy, we are a friend of God. Instead of unrighteous, we are righteous. Instead of sick, we're healed. Instead of poor, we are rich. You see, God cares for us. He loves us. And it's important that we understand that what God says, what Jesus says, is the ultimate. And we have to listen to that. We have to be intentional about it because the world, your friends, your family, may be pumping things into you that they may think is helpful, but it's not. And if you're not able to filter that out through God's Word and through Christ living within you, you're going to become a multiple personality schizophrenic. He's going to be just crazy. But you see, God wants us to do things, and we need to understand that when the world says something, we need to counteract that with truth. Let's take this little chart here. Situation comes up. You can pick your own situation. Well, most of us, we have a tendency to start with our, whatever belief system we happen to have. Maybe what our parents taught us or what the world or what our friends or whatever. But it's really false. And it could be Satan pumping that in there too. But Satan doesn't have to have much help. Our minds and the people around us fill us with falsities all the time. Which leads us to some ungodly thoughts, which then cause us to have some uh, less than perfect emotions which drive us to do some actions which the Bible calls ungodly. But that same situation, same false beliefs that may come up in your mind or people tear to you, if you will choose to depend upon God's truth, His Word, focus on Christ, overrule that thought. Do not let the world or your current thought processes rule and reign. 
So it's contrary to popular opinion, as Christians, and I'm talking to those of you that are Christians here, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean every thought, every desire, every opinion you have is right. Now, it's more likely to be right than the world's, but we are not God. We must account on God's truth. That's why you need to know God's truth, because that's going to influence your thoughts. It's going to empower your emotions to bring you to the place where you need to be. Godly actions. Because, you know, it's important. The, the, you know, you've, in the old days, in the biblical days, they would answer a question with a question. So who do you think you are? Well, you need to ask the question, what does God think about me? Because that really is all that matters. Some of you here are still dealing, as I mentioned earlier, with some of those things that significant others or just people in general have impressed upon you. And you may have a, either a lower self-esteem or a prideful one based upon what you've been fed. You need to just dump all that. Everything that, that's, that you've thought about who you are, you need to dump it. You need to open up. Just like in that movie, the TV series, these movie stars start off with their nice little front mask and everything's perfect in their little world. But once it starts opening up and they start finding out more, they get personal, they get real, and they begin to realize who they are and where they come from. Finding out who you are may be rather personal and maybe painful. But too many of us, like those movie stars, have put up a mask and say, I'm okay. You know, I'm hurting and sick inside, but I'm not going to let you know. I've got, to, I've got to put on this front. Well, you're not being authentic. You're not being genuine. You're not helping yourself. You're not honoring God. And all you're doing is trying to please people. The Bible says, do not be people pleasers, but God pleasers. But you've got to make that choice. And it's, the world is screaming at us all the time how we should act, how we should dress, how, what we should drink, what we should eat, what we should do with our bodies. It, it's, it's going to wreck us, and it keeps us off-centered a little bit. But if we stand firm on God and on Christ and what he teaches us, then bring on the wind. Remember the story of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus gave the parable about uh, the man who built his house upon the sand? Rains came, the floods, waters rose, and it crashed. But the man who built his house upon the rock, which was symbolic of Jesus and his teachings, same rain, same floods, same difficulties, but he stirred firm. So a lot of times we as Christians think, well, God, you should excuse me from problems, emotions, addictions, and difficulties because I'm your child now, you need to spoil me. Well, God can, and actually does spoil us more than we deserve. But you see, we are going to have problems in this life. We're going to have heartaches, we're going to have sickness, death, lose our jobs, people are going to leave us, our families may break apart. But one thing we can count on is what God believes about us. And since he created us, and sent Jesus to die for us, that's a pretty important opinion, don't you think? Why do we let the world overrule what God has to say? I came across this 
in the, uh, on the internet, and it's uh, A to Z about what God says about you. Works right through the alphabet. You are A, accepted in the Beloved. You are blessed with all blessings. You are chosen to Him before time began. You are delivered from spiritual darkness. You are elevated to heavenly position. You are forgiven from all God, all your sins, and you are God's masterpiece. You are healed by the Jesus' stripes. You are in Him. You are justified by faith. You are kept safe by the power of God. You are loved unconditionally. You are more than conquerors. You are not condemned to guilt or hell. You are overcoming the world through Christ. You are predestined to sonship. You are quickened with Christ, the life giver. You are redeemed from the curses of the law. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are to his praise. You are unto his glory. You are victorious by faith. You are washed in the blood of Christ. You are crucified with Christ. You are yoked together with other believers. And you are zealously loved and cared for. Now, that covers the basis, I think, from A to Z of what God says about you. And it really comes down to, well, who do you think you are? God's already said. Christ has already lived that out. He died on the cross for you. He sent His Holy Spirit to help you to claim that. But that does not mean that you have that. You have to choose that. You have to make a choice. Faith in God is a choice. Now, God does all the work, and Jesus does all the saving, but we have to choose to let him save us, cleanse us, and begin a recreating process, a reprogramming, a transforming process, which means that we have to start conforming to God's word and ways. That's what comes down to you. Don't look at anybody else, because this is all about you today. About what you believe God says and believes about you. Then how are you going to respond to that? If you're a Christian here today, I hope that you will, during our invitation time, just settle down and commit to the Lord and just release all the guilt Your past is behind you, okay? Let it go. And the rest of us, we need to let it go for others too. Let it go for ourselves, let it go for others. As I've said hundreds of times over the last 11 years, today is the first day of the rest of your life. You start today believing what God says and then allowing the Holy Spirit of Christ to flow through you and begin to tweak and tweak and change and conform and transform you in your finances, your relationships, your sexual life, your jobs, your hobbies, whatever, etc., etc. God wants to be a part of every part of your life, not just Sunday mornings or devotion times. 24-7, 365 days a year, He always wants to be there. But you see, we, we can shut the door. Now, God can open if he wants to, but he's chosen to let us control how much we're going to allow him to work in us. Don't shut him off. Let him flow. Let him help you to be the best you 
that you can be in Christ. Then, that's going to cause you to respect other people. Prejudice, bias, criticism will just go out the window. Because why would you criticize one of God's masterpieces? Who God says is a masterpiece. You know, what you, when you do something, or treat another person wrongly. Remember what Jesus said, that if you give a cup of cold water in my name you, you, to somebody, you give it to me. If you clothe somebody or if you feed them. We know the reverse is true also. If it goes one way, it goes the other way. It means if we treat other people badly, then we are treating Jesus badly. Does that make sense? I don't think you want that. I don't want that. But it starts with you believing that God created you and created all of us as masterpieces and that he designed us to follow his plan and his word. That's where identity, that's who you are, that you are a child of God. You have a Savior and a Messiah, and we're part of his family if you're believers. Now, this little last slide here talks about, it's a little saying, and I want to, to know if you're willing, after we've talked about this, if you're willing to confess that and believe that, I want you to say this. If you're not, then just keep it closed and don't, don't, don't lie. But if you are truly ready to say, I believe and I'm willing and I'm ready to let God tell me who I am and to live that out. Would you say this with me? Because of Christ's redemption, I am a new creation of infinite worth. I am deeply loved. I am completely forgiven. I am totally accepted by God. I am absolutely complete in Christ. Amen? Remember the words of that song at the beginning? The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling apart. When I don't belong, you say I am yours. And I, I believe. Do you believe? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and take a few moments during this time. This is our invitation and commitment and response time. If you're new to our church, this is just a time for you to quietly reflect upon what God has said here. My words are secondary, but the words of God and what the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today is of ultimate value. If you truly want to be changed, if you want joy and peace in your life, then you've got to make a choice. You've got to be active in allowing Christ to rule and reign in your hearts. Now, I'm going to be here at the front. Pastor Adam will be over here on the side. If you, any of you would like to come down and talk to either one of us about rededication of your life, reaffirming who you are in Christ. Maybe you've been saved, but you've never been baptized by immersion, and you want to follow through on that. Maybe you've been coming here, and you haven't quite made a decision to become a 
part of the family and join this church. Or maybe you're not 100% sure that you are saved. I want to encourage you to step down here. Nobody's looking. Our heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Won't embarrass you. But if you want to have that confidence and be a new creation in Christ, or we commit, now is the time. Pastor Adam and I are here. Just for the next few moments, come down. This is Pastor Moak again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard of the message or read of the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.